Start recording. Stop recording. Button. Hello to all of my beautiful nerds and welcome back from traveling the vast universe for another episode of Nerdy, Nerdy Chic Transmissions. Sorry about that. It's been a bit. I know it's been over a week. Well, more like a week since my last recording. I am back with a new episode and first of all new stuff to talk about. First, I just found a new app called uh, Spectrum Access and it does new audio description and captions because of Spectrum, which is a cable company who just bought out one app called ActiveView, which used to just give you options on audio description and well now Spectrum has them and you could use audio descriptions just at home with DVDs and also movies on popular streaming services like Netflix. I'm gonna demonstrate it next week because this week I am gonna be talking about something as slightly serious in a way. I just purchased myself a Kindle not too long ago through Amazon and I was able to start a free trial of Audible. And one of my first books I picked up happened to be Molly Burke's book. If you don't know who Molly Burke is, she is a blind YouTuber from Canada who lives in LA with her mom and she does a lot of public speaking well she did public speaking as part of her career and is doing YouTube for herself full-time out in California so she gets to follow her dream by living there and she wrote this book called It's Not What It Looks Like, talking about her experiences being visually impaired with my eye condition, retinitis pigmentosa. And I relate to this book a lot. I wrote about it on the Nerdy Chic Universe website, but I also wanted to bring it here because you gotta also hear it from my own mouth. Like Molly, I was diagnosed young, but I was diagnosed in my teenage years. I was 15 at the time. And like her, I did not know who else in my family had it. My mom speculated it might be on my dad's side of the family because, well, my grandparents on his side of the family were cousins. And you can imagine a tiny town in the, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I don't want to get into much of that. You get the idea. And I know, ew, I'm sorry. But of course, she thinks it's due to that. And not only that, I have cousins, mainly second, I think second or third cousins, that also have other conditions that may have sprung from that but unfortunately we don't know 
if it's true or not because Baskin Palmer down in Miami was supposed to give us results on uh, our blood to see where it came from because my condition, my strand is also rare like Molly's. And, well, we don't know the answer, and plus we had to pay a lot of money in order to find that answer in the first place. So, we'll never know. It's gonna be a mystery. But, who knows? <laughs> I don't even know. And yet, I'm the instructor in the family. But, anyways. Uh, let's see. Anyways. So, the book basically not only talked about her experiences going through different types of schooling, going through the times that she was with the doctors and everything. I remembered when I was first diagnosed, I had to miss school to see the eye specialist in town or head down to Miami to see them so I could find out what's going on. I still remember the first time I was in Miami, I had a cold, a really bad cold. I don't know what was going on with me. It just hit me on Valentine's Day out of nowhere, and I was down. And I kind of got a little queasy when they had to put some kind of dye in me with some furry pictures. My mom thought it was a very little needle. No, I was like, done. I wanted to get out of there and just hit the bed. But unfortunately, we didn't do the hotel thing back then. Because we did that a few years later, like spent the night before in a hotel and just go from there. And it was not easy. Especially knowing that my visual impairment was still uh, not too bad to worry about because, well... It was still at its starting stages. But anyways, what I really related to her the most was mainly what she went through in school. She went through a lot of bullying, for one thing. And I went through that myself. And <clears throat> I felt that if I were to meet with her... I mean, minus the guide dog, of course, since I use the cane myself. I would have said, you know, kids were really mean even when you were in elementary school because I met a lot of mean kids when I was in elementary school. And I remembered um, one good example when Goosebumps, as everybody probably knew that book series back then, was really big and R.L. Stein was supposed to be having a meet and greet and some of the kids did not want me to be there. And I wanted to meet R.L. Stein because probably that got my kick in knowing about writing. Even if it was more of a thriller based one. My book, my favorite Goosebumps book to this day was always It Came From Underneath the Sink. 
it was since that was the very first one I did read. But anyways, and I could have told her, yeah, kids were mean, and especially when I had neighbor kids that always made fun of me, thinking I was stupid because I was so quote-unquote special and also gullible. But of course, when I was diagnosed, I kind of felt like I lost them as friends because I was growing up and I was starting well I did hang around other kids and with other kids in the neighborhood because of Pokemon anime all that stuff even Nintendo 64 I mean still still remember how one kid was supposed to give me his N64 after mine got struck by lightning. Yep. That actually happened, but he gave me all his games, though. <sighs> oh, well. Say lovey. But, anyways. I did go through the bullying during high school, and I kind of felt like I was being made fun of not only just for my visual impairment, but also how I kind of felt like I had to fit in and be all cool and stuff. And I kind of know how Molly felt, because she kind of felt like she had to go through the same thing. But, except... <sighs> Hispanic families kind of expect you to be, like, traditional and always dress preppy, but I was not like that. I always liked to wear baggy t-shirts and shorts and everything. Guess I felt more comfortable. I tried wearing the blouses for one year, but I felt suffocated. And same with buns in my hair. That's why I prefer my hair short. Anyways, I tried, but nobody still accepted me. I mean, heck, even if I tried following any of the trends, nobody still accepted me. I just wanted to be myself. Heck, there was one band, like how Molly said. You gotta like the music that you want to like rather than you had to like. And there was one band I loved that I loved, loved, loved by myself and that was Newfound Glory. I know, I know. Some people think they're kind of lame, but I like their music. I didn't care. Heck, I remembered one time in my senior year, I was wearing my Newfound Glory shirt and was listening to one of my Newfound Glory CDs because I think this was also around the time time uh, that I got all the first four albums as in Nothing Gold Can Stay from the screen to your stereo one self-titled album in Sticks and Stones. This was before Catalyst came out. I know I'm hearing the nerd from some of you guys but I don't care. But anyways and I remember this one girl comes onto the bus, sees my shirt, saying, You like Newfound Glory? I'm like, Yeah. 
She's like, don't listen to them. They're lame. I'm like, I don't care. I still like them. And I believe this was when I was listening to the song Sunny off of Stars and Snows. I just put on my headphones and just kept on listening to them. So, yeah, being bullied was my time in school was not that great. Heck, even some people try to bully me during college. I know, right? You expect you're at college, everything is great, and some people try to bully you. And I remembered, this was when my fiancé, Richard, and I were starting to go out. And this one girl, who used to be friends with me, started hanging around with this really uh, preppy, nerdy chick that she hated... Okay... She hated anime, but she still hung around us nerds since we all liked anime. And she tried to get me off of anime, but I ignored her. But anyways, she tried to push him, uh, push Richard away by saying I'm not, that he and I aren't compatible. But guess what? 14 years later... He and I are still together. I mean, really. I mean, she started losing friends by the time she got to the West Campus of the college that we were at. I mean, she even tried... She even called one of our closer friends a loser in front of us, and I wanted to yell at her for it. Oh, so much. And I always wanted to ask that really preppy one, why are you hanging around us when we're such nerds? And I remembered she even pulled this one guy who used to be the former founder of the anime club's hair and basically got on that on one of their boyfriends about it, asking why are you dating her? I know, I know, it's kind of a complicated story, but being bullied, even in college, was not a fun thing. But I do agree with one thing that Molly did say in her book. When she mentioned this thing about being bullied, how some kids try to put a container filled with ketchup in front of her to see if she'll step in it in front of her mom when she was being picked up by her for an event. And she was trying to ask Molly, why are they doing this? And she's like, well, I'm going someplace and they're not. And that's what happened to me. I went somewhere which I'm living and working and I think they probably had it. Well, even though I did meet up with some of my former classmates back at the 10-year reunion, didn't go to the 15-year because I was hanging with my friends that night. <clears throat> but anyways, back at the 10-year, even though some of them were still nice and all, heck, I even remember one of them still works at a restaurant to this day, Chick-fil-A. 
And the great thing is, he didn't care who I was. He still considered me as a friend. And he was our student body president at the time, too. He still considered me as a friend. Even if I was just an invisible nerd. But still, I've gone somewhere and I'm proud of myself for it. She also did warn about triggers, which if you want to read this book, guys, a little warning, she does talk about depression and, well, her struggles with it, too. Yes, I admit, I am admitting here myself, I did fall into a depressed state myself towards the end of college. Well, towards my bachelor's degree, anyways. Because the truth is, I felt like I was gonna, I was not only having something missing, which I wanted to go for exceptional education and wanted to go for a master's in counseling, but I was taken out of that and put into my writing minor because someone that was not supportive. Try to say I wouldn't be good enough in grad school, or shall I say, would fail automatically when my bachelor's degree was already hard enough. And same with my minor, which I almost failed theory of creative writing, and it was not easy to try to get myself out of the D range either, but still. I also was going to miss the routine of coming to class, getting to be around my friends, also getting to study and read, being away from home, you know? Just being myself on a big campus. And yeah, I also had to turn down the partying too, because on the weekends I always like to relax, go out be somewhere, especially with friends, and I was told to tone it down, and that caused me to be lonely as well. And it was not easy to feel like I can't be myself. And this kind of led into another thing she has mentioned, is that job searching was really hard. <clears throat> I took job readiness when I got back to the blind rehab center that I work at work at today. And I felt like I was prepared and I was searching for jobs. And it took me three years to finally get this job after not being successful back in Orlando. It it was hard. I mean once they see that blind cane, it feels like they think, oh, she's not able to do the job. But the truth is, I can. Yeah, I may not be able to see someone's face if I was working at Mac. Yes, I dropped my resume off at Mac. Would you blame the girl? <laughs> but anyways... I dropped my resume at a lot of places and I kind of felt like 
they were still judging me on on a stage because I had that cane that white cane and even though yeah it defines me as a blind person to them I'm still me I could do a lot of the technology stuff if I done if I were given the chance I mean before I was hired and moved out of my parents place oh I forgot to mention I did almost have one second interview lined up but then they took it away and said they hired somebody else I was almost I was that close to getting a job as well but before I got hired to the current job that I have now teaching I was told by a career source this was months after the customer service um, basics class that I took that I should try searching for another job if things don't line up. So I did. I had two interviews. One didn't go so well. The first didn't go so well. And then the last one, I'm like, okay, let me try. Took our paratransit down because I kind of felt like I need to be independent. And it was a PR company. And I could tell once that door closed, after the greetings and the handshakes happened, I felt the HR assistant become so uncomfortable doing nothing but writing the notes while her boss talked my ears off. And I was talking to her. I could tell she didn't want to say anything because I was the blind girl in the room. Like I stuck out as a sore thumb holding, having my cane folded underneath my arms on my lap. And well, once it was done, we say our goodbyes. And she's like, expect a call tomorrow. I had a feeling that HR assistant told her boss we're not calling her back are we and I was thinking the same thing they're not going to call me back are they and just left the office wait for my ride home and just been like that's it (laughs) just gonna wait for the fates to do what they need to do and and it happened to tell you the truth, if I was in the pre-employment program, I wouldn't have found out that I'm better off just being a teacher in the first place. And unlike Molly, on the other hand, she kind of had things go against the ADA with her when it came to job searching, which at least she wouldn't face here, like in Canada, because she mentioned how one company that she went through an interview with said due to your blindness we're not gonna hire you I'm like wait what the heck that is against the ADA when I heard that when she read it out loud in in my earphones by the way because I had to use bluetooth earphones with my kindle 
I could do that or have a speaker, but I'd rather have the earphones for added privacy. Because I have some books, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's better to have the headphones. But anyways, she did talk about these experiences and at least she never has tried uh, tried you know finding a job in a big place that is a lot of competition especially here in, in Orlando where you have a lot of theme parks even and I did try out for them heck I even tried Disney a couple of times and they said Flat out no, and just turned down my application. And same with Wyndham. As in the Wyndham uh, company, they also turned down my application. Like, really? I, I know, it's disheartening. But all I have to say to you guys, if you're visually impaired and looking for a job, know this, never give up. And if it's not working out for you, you gotta switch gears at some point. Like I did. Because, yes, I have a humanities degree with a minor in writing. But looking for the job, I knew it was time to switch gears. And the pre-employment program did help me finally say that I need to switch. I need something different that I need to do with my life in order to be like, hey, I'm higher material. Heck, I even have a shirt from UCF that says hire me on it. No kidding. They gave it away during the during my last bits of my senior year during one event with the alumni association that I went to. I ended up with it. So, anyways, going on with the story, I kind of felt like it was good to feel like I switched those gears and guess where I am now. I'm able to try out new technology and I'm not afraid of doing it. I mean, yeah, there are some pros and cons to certain technology, but heck, even Apple is not perfect. Even... Some things about Microsoft is not perfect. Not all technology is perfect. And I've seen it. And I tried it. Even though I'm planning on getting another tap strap myself, which is a tap strap too, to see how well the mouse maneuvers are, are like, I still find imperfections. Heck, I still remembered when I sent my screen recording of the app kicking me out all the time, which is which is Tap Aloud, which is the tutoring app that shows you how to do the different uh, letters and uh, have you spell different words and stuff. It... There were times when it kicked me out and I talked to the people yeah, this is going on, and they said but when we tried it, it... It never did that to us. Well, it's happening to me. And 
they said, fine, give, give us a screen recording. And I did. And it shown them, yeah, it's kicking me out. They're like, oh my god. I mean, there are times when you had to kick and scream to say, this is happening. And again, technology is not always perfect. And I always, well, I tend to see that time and time. And, yeah, I know, tangent went off on a tangent. But anyways, back to what I was trying to get back into. But what I did like is hearing about the guide dog situation. Some people ask me, have you ever thought about getting a guide dog? Even though my mom thought I should get one. And she tried to have me have a dog, a regular dog, for a week. And that did not work out. Not everybody is fitted for a uh, service dog, so to speak. Because, well, yeah, it's expensive. Even taking them to get groomed is kind of pricey. But, of course, you gotta get them the vitamins, the food, all that stuff. And make sure that their their health is in check to keep on helping you. And after hearing what happened with Gypsy in this book in a little bit more detail because I did watch the original video about it and yeah dogs do get sick they're like regular pets in a way and of course I did find it interesting how she was very frustrated with how people are taking advantage of the service animal the service animal uh, uh, how should I say it? Service Animal Act by getting a vest for their pets and showing certificates from the internet, which you could print anywhere. And when they look at Molly and ask for a certificate, well, the truth is. You don't get one. You do have to show paperwork when it's needed, like on an air on an airline, from what I heard. But it's making it harder for her and anybody else who has a guide dog to be able to travel. I mean, heck, even someone brought a peacock. What? A peacock? Really? Last time I checked. They were running around in Orlando. <sighs> oh boy. I mean, even the NFB kind of cracked down on on the required paperwork and won. So, yeah. Hearing about that is pretty frustrating. And now... The final thing that I would like to also talk about is, of course, the whole entire living independently thing. A few episodes ago, I did talk about how family should at least let us live independently. And it's true. 
Yes, we may be independent, but there are times when some people want to help. Well, not help. I mean, feel like they have to live with them. I understand how Molly's mom is the mother bear and should be able to be there to take care of Molly. But with me, on the other hand, I once I moved out and started living on my own, I kind of felt like people didn't believe me that I was going to live on my own. Years ago, even. Yes, I'm actually bringing this up, but there was a hard time back in 2015 when the police were we're being called on my dad because he didn't want a certain uh, trunk like thing that my mom bought for his room and he went ballistic and went all upset and thought everybody was siding against her and even the police when they saw how bad her hoarding was yeah she always went shopping every day hoarding was they were surprised and they were fearing my safety but when DCF came in to talk to me they kind of felt like sound make it sound like I can't live on my own and that I would be irresponsible because uh That I can't be independent, that I would be irresponsible, that I can't be able to do any finances without my mom, etc., etc., etc. But I was already turning 30 at the moment. But guess what? I had a feeling it was going to happen no matter when, how, or when, when it came to that. And I already felt like being able to live on my own was something that I wanted to do. And especially after seeing the state I was in, to tell you the truth, hitting my legs against a uh, decoration or a piece of furniture in the way, it's not something that I want. And also, I got cuts and bruises, and when I went to Megacon 2017, one morning, I ran into something, and I forgot what, and a friend of mine saw the bruise, and asked me about it, I'm like, I think I ran into something at home, and it was not fun. <laughs> I felt like I was a little, a little claustrophobic, and... Well, once I found out that I was hired and glad that I was and moved out, to tell you the truth, it felt like a huge relief, like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulder. I mean, I was able to pay my bills without asking if I can pay them which yeah that did happen for a bit when I was sharing sharing an account with my mom I am admitting that 
But of course, being able to cook meals on my own, being able to get to the destinations I need to get to, whether it's by bus, Lyft, Lyft, Uber, Richard, or even walking, I was able to get to where I need to. I mean, I remembered when I went to the doctors the first time with my sinus infection. It felt like I went to the doctor on my own. Really? And of course, I was coughing up a lung. I know, that's not funny, but... I was able to get to the doctor on my own and get my prescriptions on my own. And now I get them delivered from CVS. And if I need to send Richard to get them from one of the locations near him, he's able to. And it kind of feels like a good thing that I'm living on my own and being able to take care of things that I need to take care of. And I felt like if I met that DCF worker, I said, Hey, you said I wouldn't be able to live without my mom. Guess what? I am living without my mom. I'm able to live in a one-bedroom apartment, cook my own meals, be able to read my books in an environment that I want to be in. I mean, I could make a lean, mean bowl of chili on top of rice. That's how I could describe it. And I'm hoping to make baked ziti this weekend. Yum. But anyways. Back to Molly's bit. All I have to say is, I did enjoy reading her book. And... It was very entertaining, and it was really good, and yeah, it did have some of the sad parts, but gotta know that being visually impaired slash blind is not an easy thing. I even read people's stories from the Redonized Pigmentosa group on Facebook, and they go through their own struggles. I go through mine, Molly goes through hers, heck, even other people with other eye conditions eye conditions also go through the same thing now thinking back I used to have a childhood friend actually who said something that was very surprising and now I'm thinking back on it with every single page turn or shall I say each chapter in the audible book he said something gee Mari I wish I was blind like you in a very cheery voice. And I wonder why would he say that? I even confronted him on Messenger after that, a week after his uh, social media break for spring break. <clears throat> and he denied it. And I ended our friendship. To tell you the truth, guys, if you're that down in the hole, sad and everything, thinking that being blind is better? No, it's not. 
I mean, you have to struggle as much as we do. Um, because when I heard that out of his mouth, I wanted to tell him it's not the best. And yeah, he did kind of have a crush on me, according to my mom. Ugh. And yet, everybody thought I would end up with him, too. Even my ex. But guess what? I'm with my guy now. And we've been living for almost a year now. Living in the same apartment for almost a year now. So, there you go. But anyways, thinking back on it, to tell you the truth, guys, No, it's not the best thing ever because, again, you're going to struggle. You're going to have to relearn things, but differently. And the question, if I had to ask him this, did you really want to be blind like me? Because I don't wish that on anybody in the world, not even my own worst enemy, to be blind like me because... It's not easy. It may look easy to him, but it's not. Because I lived it. My mom went through it. My dad, my brother, my fiance, my friends. They've seen it on me. And all the struggles I had to go through. And I had to pick myself back up and keep on walking. It's like Edward Elric said in Full Metal Alchemist, You got two good legs. Stand up on them and walk. He said that to Rose after how she asked, What should we do now when when Father Cordello is no longer the preacher and our savior of God? And he says that to her, Just stand up and walk. You have two good legs. Just walk. And it's true. That's what I did. I stood up and walked. And not only that, there is another anime that I want to point out that was also been there, been there with me from the beginning, and that is Fairy Tale. At first, I was not liking it, but then Todd Habercorn kind of convinced me, all thanks to Richard, kind of having him do it in the Death the Kid voice. I am actually looking with my peripheral <coughs> peripheral at my team kid plushies, which kid is signed by him. That fairy tale is awesome, and yes, a year later I showed up as Lucy Hartfelia at his table. <laughs> but anyways. The anime has taught me to never give up on anything, and I never did, because I fought for what I wanted to do. Someone else who wasn't that supportive told me to give up because I won't be good at teaching or should not be an instructor, just keep on writing and just make money off my blog. To tell you the truth, In order to make money, you gotta spend money, and back then, I did not have the money required to upgrade to a domain until now. 
it's like, fine, then you try to find a job for me. I wanted to say that so much, but guess what? I fought and fought and fought and fought and fought and got my, got the job I wanted to be in. Heck, I even knew I wasn't good for a call center job in the first place after that customer basics, customer service basics class. And so, yeah, I never gave up, guys, and you should not either. Like I quoted from Full Metal Alchemist, you guys had two good legs. Just walk. Stand up and walk. If you guys are in a wheelchair, just keep on rolling. Rolling on the river. Rolling. Rolling. I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyways, if if you want a more good example of a song that is really uplifting that you love from Fairy Tale, listen to the Jonathan Young version of Strike Back in the English version. Because that was one of the songs that got me out of my out of my funk before I got hired. Because I wanted to get to where I'm going. And that was one major song for me. And what's next for me, if you're wondering? Still trying to wait on UMass Boston at the moment. And of course, still reading my books. Because Molly did end on the top ten top ten favorite books that she has been reading. And I would like to end it with that too. Here's my top ten. One, it's not what it looks like by her because it makes sense. It shows that being blind is not easy, especially with retinitis pigmentosa. Two, the Oh Hell No series by Mimi Jean Pamphiloff. I love these books that Mimi has put together. When I got into her, into her writing, I was just getting into net galley and reviewing ARCs, aka advanced reader copies, for anybody who doesn't know what those are. And I read the first book in her Happy Pants series, Tailored for Trouble, but the Ah Hell No, Oh Hell No series happens to be my favorite one next to the the uh the uh, accidentally the accidentally series and the uh uh vampire the librarian's vampire assistant thank you but oh hell no kind of takes on that you want you want the guy go for it even if he hates your guts later on I just finished her book Wine Hard Baby which the review will be up soon. Next, number three, the Midnight Breeze series novels. Yay! 
these are my favorite vampire books of all time because, well, <laughs> I am admitting I did read some of the Vampire Academy books, and when I was searching for Vampire Academy, I stumbled upon this book series out of nowhere and decided to download the 10 book bundle. And oh my god, I was not expecting what I was gonna expect. Think of it like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but more adult. The vampires have weapons, and they are descended by from an alien race. While they had to find women that are compatible because of a certain birthmark in the shape of a moon with a teardrop going into the bowl of the moon known as the Brie Mate Mark. Right now, I am reading the first book in the Hunter series, which in uh, book five, Veil of Midnight, we meet one of these uh, assassins that were done with uh, Gen 1 genes, uh, uh, all thanks to Breedmate Mothers. And this one we get to meet at the end, Hunter which he ends up seeing a vision in this one breedmate's eyes named Mira. And we get to see what had happened in book nine with him. And they just named him Hunter. And now we know what's gonna... Well, we do see two more of his kind in some of the short stories. I forget which ones were they, but now... All thanks to that, we do have a series, and I'm reading the first book from it through Audible. Okay. <laughs> and also, if you're around my age, read it. Number four. What would be a number four? Uh, number four, number four, number four. Um. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. The Dresden Files. Duh. I <laughs> I keep on forgetting about that. Actually, I'm going to stop at 5 after this. But Dresden Files. Well, it's because... I've been a Jim Butcher fan for a long time. And I'm finally happy, happy that Peace Talks is finally coming out. And same with the next one, Battleground, within a few months after that. And I am so happy that we're finally going to continue. Yeah, it was almost, uh, let's see. It was, it's been basically eight years since, uh, um, no, wait, not eight years. Five years since, no, six, five or six years since Skin Gang came out. Seriously, Jim. It took you that long to write peace talks. Eh, even though I should speak for myself. Mm. But anyways. It's basically a wizard who is kind of like the Merc with the mouth. And I've been loving those books even if I like to reread them. I am still listening to uh, briefcases at the moment from NLS Bard. In the fifth, I have to give it to my girl, Kaz Lafave, 
with her book series, Nemesine. Basically, in this series, it's kind of a bit of a what happens if global warming did take over the world and finally plunges it into the world, kind of like after Second Impact of Evangelion. Um, as in toxic seas, gaseous air type thing. And we meet Keith and Elise, who end up in a city to find out the mysteries behind what happened to their mom before she died. And wondering why are they doing all these different experiments and why are they wanting mothers who are giving birth to twins and why are these mysterious people coming after them or leading them to the through the mystery i i i can't wait to read book five at the moment because I am waiting for its release, so it's a good read, and also the good, really cool thing is she does do this challenge thing where you get answered questions each week, and you get points based on your answer, and she does uh, pick a winner after the major challenge ends, and I have one of you myself. So, I would say check out the series and also join as an envoy yourself. Wow, that was a long episode, guys. I'm so glad you stuck through it with me. And also to all my friends and family and loved ones and anybody else who has stuck through my journey of being blind. I have written a book myself. About my adventures in the convention world, as you know, I am a convention goer. I love anime. I don't care if I can't see it. Which next week's episode will show that audio description is amazing. Um, called My book is called The Blind Perspective, Convention Stories from the Dark, which you get to read more of my memorable uh, experiences through my convention years and of course I have more convention experiences coming up like for instance Ranger Stop Pop in Atlanta next year Woohoo! can't wait for that and of course I am still working on my Eda bag I am hoping to get that done before then or before Omni since that's still in the works in August, which I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. I'm hoping they bring back some of the guests that they were supposed to get. But hey, who knows what's going to happen. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NerdyChic. Also, check out our website, www.nerdychicuniverse.com. And of course, our YouTube channel, Dirty Geek Universe for more videos to come. Until next time, stay beautiful. 3 slash 5 stop recording button. The maximum recording time for second at flag. 55 recording. Recording. 50 at flag. The maximum stop recording.